What's up, family? Welcome back to the Stop Sinking Show, where we go from struggle to flow. Broadcasting to you live from my desk in Florida, where this podcast started three years ago. And it feels unreal to be back here, but also motivating in so many ways. Because I thought about this day, this time, for so long. So I wanted to talk about something that helps you focus back on yourself and regain control of your life. The quickest way to a frustrated life is to live it focused on other people and how they are living. And no one ever thinks that they are allowing for their life to be taken over by the focus on someone else. But it's all the pervasive repeating thoughts about how you feel offended or hurt of even well-intended roots of thoughts that still leave you out of control. Everything that is out of the degrees of articulation in your own hands and feet, all of that which still clouds your mind and ultimately robs you of your energy as it hands over your future to that very same object of frustration, all of these things are taking you out of what you could be focused on and leading you to frustration. And this tends to happen because we are not focused enough on our own self, that we leave space for the thoughts of others and how they affect us. And all those thoughts then creep in. And I'm all about affecting your community, but aiming at heaven starts at home. And if you are not controlling the controllables and not living in your own locus of control, and you are more focused on others or outside scenarios that are outside your locus of control, more in your circle of interest rather than your circle of influence, then that failed target or influence in your own home will creep in. And again, that gaping void that it leaves in your life tends to become the seed by which the overt interest in outside things comes from. JP says, It is through the failure of minding the things that are in our own personal purview because they are more difficult to deal with probably. And because we are avoiding those things, the way we generally avoid them is by adopting pseudo-moralistic stances on large-scale issues or other people's issues so that we can look good to our friends or our neighbors or we can stroke our own egos and try to control within someone else or something else that which we have failed to apply within our own lives. And not only does this lead to frustration for yourself, but it is a quick way to ruin any chance of a relationship that you have with anyone else. It is maddening to be around. And if you think you don't do this, there is a harsh reality check waiting for you in your day-to-day interactions with your loved ones. Go ask them. I have personally witnessed myself and other people exhibit this behavior in their marital or romantic relationships. What usually happens is one person, the one more willing to assert themselves, will constantly make comments or offer opinions as to how the other person should live and exist. And it could be benign things that don't even serve the person saying it, like telling the other person to be careful or to sit up straight or to be more mindful of something that they are not thinking of. The action they ask the other person 
doesn't necessarily have to even serve them directly, but it does allow for them to assert some control over their environment that I suspect they are probably foregoing in their own life. And I audit myself in the same light. Just the preoccupation with how another person is being, which is obviously outside of our own control. I mean, just think about how difficult it is to control yourself. Now add that energy to trying to control another thinking living being, and it's sure to lead to a dreadful dynamic. Just try doing this with your kids or your spouse. The hardest part about loving someone is that you cannot love them out of their own choices. Don't save her. She don't want to be saved. You can't get your help all over people. At a certain point, your care for them is overbearing. And it's like your care becomes a problem for them. And it becomes more about you than it does whatever best that you may want for them. And the beautiful thing about the world is that God made each and every one of us different for a reason. We're meant to be here to be our own expressions. We aren't meant to be here to try and make clones of ourselves. So whatever thought, wish, opinion, feedback that you may have about someone else and how they are living their life, no matter how much you love them or want to save them from the consequences of something, you must accept that they are manifesting their own unique way of being and it is not for you to curb or dampen. And this is easier said than done when it affects you or your ways of being. But to let them live the way that they like to live is meant to add the breath of variety that God intended. And who are you to stand in the way of that? And this became real apparent to me when I was at my sister's house for the past two weeks. Personally, I'm a certain type of way when I'm at someone's house. I live a permission-based life and don't eat or drink or even sit anywhere without asking. And I have this whole theory about why I live this way, which maybe I've talked about before, but expanding upon it would derail the point here. So because I am this way, like I don't want to be a bother, I live a net zero existence and try to leave the place, if not better at least, at least not worse than when I was there. I try to leave it like you couldn't tell I was there. And my girl is a little bit different than me. She's very respectful of everything, but she takes more charge than I do when it comes to finding things for me to eat. So where I might just go thirsty, because she doesn't want me to, she will open up my sister's fridge or look for something in the pantry or find a Tupperware container to save me food for the next day. All of the things I would never do in someone else's house. And as much as I want to stop her and I try and I argue, I still realize that if it wasn't for at least one of us being brazen in this way, in this small way, that I might just go thirsty or hungry if at least one of us wasn't like this. So again, God provides in all the uniquely designed facets of each one of our beings. God has made sure they fill up where we cannot. And although it frustrates me in the moment, and I can let that frustration linger if I keep spending the energy towards wanting things to be my way or wanting to control the situation. What gives me the most peace is cherishing the differences that are meant to glimmer, not be dimmer. And unironically, as happens when something like this is on my mind, I listened to an episode with Mel Robbins on Diary of a CEO, and she said, these two words will 
save you from a lot of angst and anxiety that you can create and can avoid if you would like. And these two words being, let them. Let them be human. Let them do their thing. We try to control people because we are afraid of something or want to avoid something like their reaction or consequences. But the only real solution is in taking responsibility for your own path in healing and let them. Let them do what they need to. You can love people, your spouse, your children, but you cannot control them into abiding by your care and love. You must let them. And then you can get to the important things. Like, what are you here for in the first place? And the answer to that is only that which can be affected with your hands and your heart. So let live and then go live. I love you, family. Stay true always. I'll see you on the next show.